With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. And welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 304 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? Another wild Wednesday. Almost there, folks. Long weekend, right around the corner. What are you guys doing for this May long? Yeah, it, uh, yeah, I remember back, oh, back in the day, this was, uh, we'd all head up to the lake and all drinking and debauchery would be had. And what am I doing now? Well, my long weekend is going to consist of probably mowing the lawn, planting flowers. Well, I'll be more, my wife will be doing that, but just basic yard work. There you go. That's, that's the extent of my, uh, my May long weekend. And I got to work in the morning, so. There you go. Some really exciting stuff here. Yeah. Hold on to your seats. Yeah. <laughs> um, I hope you guys are doing something exciting. Please, and let me know. i got to live vicariously through exciting people because my life's boring as shit. But, uh, oh, yeah, there we go. Did anybody hear that? We got I got a little uh, bargain basement Vin Diesel across the street there in his little crotch rocket car. It sounds like an angry hummingbird. <clears throat> Up and down the street. I laugh on the weekends. He goes up and down and up and down. At two and three in the morning, I can hear him driving around. Yeah, he lives over in the corner. And it was like the one morning I went, I was uh, going through the Tim Hortons drive-thru, which I actually seldom do because I don't drink coffee. But I wanted one of their breakfast sandwiches. Like 5.30 in the morning, I'm driving through. I look at the parking lot and there's this little, yeah, the little Vin Diesel, the little Fast and Furious car. And then guess who's working the window? I'm like, oh, so that's you that owns that car that I hear every, all the time. <laughs> Yo, you know, yeah, like you just finished eating paint chips. But, oh, well. Anyway, what was I talking about? Welcome to the Fourth Line Voice. Um, I hope you guys actually tuned into uh, episode uh, last episode on Sunday with uh, my guest Harrison Harper. Um, that's the third, actually the third time he's been on. And, uh yeah, a lot of fun, and you know, we talked about. Uh, I mean, obviously, it was, you know, when you record, and then a few days ahead, and then you put it out. It's like time sensitive stuff. So, I mean, we had talked about the the whole slash and the playoffs tomfoolery, and and it was always, and then analytics and stuff. But it's always interesting to, I find anyway, um, to get a player's perspective on things, um, you know. And Harrison's really was really great at that because not only did he just finish playing a younger guy, but you know he still watches hockey, pays attention, still has, still has friends involved in the game that he talks to, and 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 he doesn't have an agenda because he's just a working schmo now. It's not like he's you know trying to get a hockey job. So um, you know you, you get the you know you don't get the uh, standard textbook answer from him, the standard cliche uh, pucks deep, but um, you know. It was it was good. It was good, and I you know I hope uh, I hope you guys go back and check out that uh, that interview 
because I, I always enjoy having an old uh, Double H on the show. It certainly won't be the last time he's on. You know, you know, yeah, and he, uh, he was a few pops deep. So you know, you got the the truth juice in, in you. You know, it's going to be a better interview. <laughs> um, I know I say this all the time on these, and it's like I'm not going to talk for long, and then I end up droning on for like an hour and a half. But I'm actually uh, planning on getting out of here quick. Um, not, and I don't, I just don't have a lot of topics today. Um, and had a bunch of stuff come up. I really, my mind wasn't on, uh, the podcast, uh, cause it's like Sunday's episode comes out and then like literally two days later I'm doing, I got to do this. So, um, yeah, work was just kind of the last couple of days at work have been kind of goofy, and then and just really, really hot. And you get home, and it's just like, oh god, just get me in the basement so I can hide. And uh, yeah, my mind hasn't been there, but I did get a few topics. Once again, I have to thank uh, the the Facebook groups. Uh, they're both the, uh, the 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 positive and negative of my social media content. Um, but no, uh, Rob had thrown out uh, a couple good topics, and he actually uh, uh, brought up um, an old HockeyFights.com message board um, uh, thread about. Uh, I think it was Rob that brought it up. Now, now I might Rob, I might be giving you credit. Yes, it was, and um, yeah, that he had saved throughout the years, and it's. Uh, um, I, I'm forgetting who the poster was. Are they saying Battleship? Whoever the poster was at HockeyFights.com that um, he did his top 10. And then they kind of, everybody kind of voted on it and and, uh, and debated it. And it's like, oh, it's like from the 70s all the way up to like 2014 or something. Um, but I am going to cover 91-92 today because the only reason I picked that year um, is because I have the, there was a newsletter that used to come out that you could you could uh, get a subscription to. It was in the back of the hockey news they advertised. It was called the Aggressive Hockey Report. And uh, and it was, I think it was bi-monthly. I never had a, a subscription, unfortunately. I wish I had. That lo- tremendous. But uh, uh, somebody, Ron, had put up some uh, PDF copies of a few a few issues that I had, uh, I had saved. And uh, in one of the issues was the reader's votes for the 91-92 top 10. So we're going to compare lists here. We're going to compare what the hockeyfights.com guys said. Well, well, I'll get into that when the list comes up. But um, yeah, so this should be uh, an interesting uh, interesting little deal. Sorry, I'm just kind of positive again. I'm like, now what is he doing? Uh, yeah, revving his car out there. Um, anyway... Well, I guess I, got, we sh- I should start off, of course, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network, over 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams have podcasts, so whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. On the original content creator sides, myself, Terry Ryan, and old Mud Show, old Five for Fighting podcast, old Alec himself is now on the network, and uh, so he will be joining us in that in that section of the, of the over in the network. And, uh, of course, oh, he's just on holidays now, gallivanting around the countryside and flying back. And, uh, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll get, he'll reach out. He'll, he'll talk to us at, uh, uh, you know, at his convenience. He'll let us know. I'm really looking forward to Alec being on the network in all seriousness. And he does have a tremendous back catalog. And, uh, it'll be interesting going forward. Um, and in terms of, uh, I haven't actually talked to him about it. Well, I should I lie? I shouldn't say that. We've texted back and forth about a few things, but verbally, haven't really sat and talked about it all that much. Um, but yeah, I'm interested to see what he's going to bring to the network in terms of, um, you know, uh, a show on a on a semi regular basis. Um, yeah, should be fun, and. Uh, but yeah, like I said, check out his back catalog. You know, by by Lois Segroy, Jason Rushton, Sean Pete. Uh, you know, on and on. Segroy, on and on. Um, he's been doing it for a while, and uh, you know, had some stops and starts. But uh, you know, he's passionate about the fight game for sure. And uh, you know, hopefully, um, you know, basically can find uh, kind of just getting that groove with uh, with a top with uh, 
not a topic, but uh, a theme that he can kind of sink his teeth into and and, and really uh, and go forward with it. So, uh, yeah, it'll be it'll be cool. I'm glad he's a part of the network, and uh, you know, um, things are happening, man. Things are happening. I'm telling you. And then of course we got uh, old Jolton Joe Lazito there. Uh, you know, he's so busy. He's got two podcasts: Coliseum Chronicles and Nordique's Knuckles podcast. Right now, he's not doing either of them. <laughs> uh, well, his latest episode, he had Ross Olson on on the Coliseum Chronicles. Uh, but again, great back catalog. Uh, Joe's been doing it for a long time. Uh, again, some ups and downs. Um, I don't know if he's ever officially retired. I mean, there's some people that maybe wanted him to, but I don't think Joe himself has said the words. Um, I think he, again, he's looking for something, um, you know, it's the same frustration that, uh, that all of us with interview shows battle and, um, you know, where, you know, in my case, I mean, Joe and I have had the same frustrations with guests and I've been vocal about it on here and Joe's been vocal about it on his and, um, you know, whereas the difference is I know Joe doesn't like doing the solo episodes and stuff where I don't give a shit. I'll come down here and flap my lips for an hour and a half a couple times a week. It doesn't bother me. Um, in fact, I'm, I'm getting to be, I actually prefer them. Um, but, um, you know, so we're kind of, we're different in that regard. Um, but again, I'd like to see, you know, hopefully Joe can find, um, you know, maybe a theme and kind of, and kind of go forward with it. Cause I, you know, if, if Joe's podcasted, I always say the podcasting world is in better shape. So, um, I got to get Lazito back on here. Maybe we'll do a season ticket show. That's what I think we talked about. So yeah, I'll get him on here. I'll get him, I'll get him out of his, uh, his, get him off the, off the snide there in, uh, in New York city out in Long Island. I'll get, we'll get him, uh, we'll get him on here. But, uh, Damn, the Blue Jays are just blowing it again. The damn Yankees just taking it to them. Um, who plays baseball with a mouth guard in? I never, I don't, who, I don't get that. But anyway, squirrel. Um, huh. Anyway, let, let's get into this. My, my apparent, my, my apparent uh, rapid podcast today. Well, I guess first of all, I get, well, I guess we do have to talk about the elephant in the room, right? Of course, the NHL playoffs. Um, not that I have much to say on them, but then I guess we're down to four. Who is it? Uh, Dallas and Vegas and Carolina and Florida. Well, wow, there's there's four real exciting, edge of your seat excitement right there. Uh, ratings at an all-time low. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody in Canada will be watching that shit. Um yeah, and that that brings me to the only reason I brought that up is to lead into this. Can we stop the bullshit that Bettman doesn't want Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup final and like the draft was rigged and I've seen a bunch of on social media like I've seen a bunch of shorts from different podcasts that these bozos just sit there and try to create some conspiracy theory horse shit about a rigged draft. And then they're only, I mean, their only um, evidence is like, well, you remember Crosby in Pittsburgh? Okay. You know, so that, that that's like 20 years ago. But now it's rigged again. Sure it is. Okay. You know, it's just like, you know, he doesn't want Anaheim to get him. Well, why, why would... I, I don't understand. First of all, like you think the you really think the owners would just like just go along with this, like oh, okay. But like, why would Bettman care? Really? I what? Why? It's just uh, people and but people just pick up on it, and then these horse shit like social media like wheelhouse hockey and blades of steel and. Whatever, all these big Facebook groups, they post some bullshit. And it's some random, oh, Jim wrote this. And then there's a hundred or a thousand fucking comments on it. People yapping. And it's just like, just internet bullshit. And it's, but people just buy this shit. It's just like, God. And I got a bridge to sell you to. Like, just, I know everyone, that's like the thing now is let's all put on our tinfoil hats. And whether it be sports or politics or fucking health thing, it's just, just fucking idiocy. It's just 
God. You know, and asked for, you know, like no one's got any sort of proof or anything. Oh, I heard. I know a guy I read. Oh, where'd you read it? Well, it was somewhere on here. I always laugh. Oh, fake news. Everybody loves to yell fake news, but yet, yet they believe anything. And then they turn around and just believe any bullshit that's put on Facebook. I guess if it's in the, if it's said by the right person or in the right Facebook group, then it's true. And if it's said by the wrong person and in the wrong Facebook group, it's false. Like, oh, it's just, oh. Yeah, like, what was the little meme I put out today? It was like, in the 1950s, it was quoted, oh, we'll have flying cars. And then, like, they show a picture of, from 2023 and it's a subway rapper saying, do not eat the rapper. I mean, that's really where we're at. Like, you know, as a society, like, we're fucked. Like, we are. Like, we're just morons. We just celebrate idiocy and just... Ugh. Oh, I'm just... I know. I know. I heard. Oh, I know, bro. Oh, okay. Well, first of all, yeah, there's no Canadian teams once again in the in the playoffs, and blah, blah, well, or in the finals, and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, like, what is it? Like, a... a 25 out of the 30, what is it, or 26 out of the 32 teams are American. So I would, you know, I, I'm pretty sure there's, you know, a very good chance, obviously, that there'll be American teams in the final. Sort of statistically, it sort of works out that way, percentage-wise, does it not? That, and it's like, well, no Canadian team. Well, I mean, I get what you're saying on the surface, but, you know, nothing's done by nationality. Like, the Las Vegas Knight, Golden Knights have the most Canadians out of, out of any NHL roster. So it's like, uh, whatever. I just, but you, I'm just seriously, you don't like just for a second here, conspiracy theory idiots. You don't think Gary Bettman would want Toronto? The Leafs are the most popular team in the league, so you don't think he'd want them in the playoff in the final or the Oilers with Connor McDavid, the best player in the world. You don't think he wants that either. No, he wants to see fucking Carolina and like uh, who are they and and Vegas or and and Dallas or Vegas. Really that that's what he wants, you know. So, like what what TV ratings will be higher? Toronto or Carolina? I'm just just asking, asking for a friend as they say, like you fucking morons. Yeah. No, yeah, Gary Bettman definitely wouldn't want McDavid in the Stanley Cup final. Uh, just, uh, like, yeah. What are we doing? And I get, oh, he's trying to sell the game in the... St- no, I get it. I get it. But it doesn't matter. It's like, with the Leafs in, you'd have the entire country of Canada watching. Or same with the Oilers. You know, like, you'd have... What I mean, Montreal Canadian diehard idiots wouldn't watch, or Vancouver, whatever. Your diehard morons wouldn't watch, but the majority of Canadians that are hockey fans would watch a Stanley Cup final with the Oilers in it or the Leafs in it, compared to fucking Florida versus Vegas. I don't even know who the matchups are. I think that's who. Like, it's Dallas versus Vegas and Carolina versus Florida, I believe. Yeah, whatever. I'm not going to be bothered looking. I don't give a shit. But regardless, all four teams couldn't draw flies that they were dipped in shit. So I take that back. Vegas is popular in Vegas. We'll put it that way. They do well. And and the Stars do well. Dallas is a good talking town. But I mean, Carolina and Florida? Like, no. I mean, oh, they might show up now because they're in the playoffs and they're whatever in the semifinals. But I mean, overall, no. So... And like, and nationally, like I, I think nationally, no one gives a shit about any of those teams. So, yeah, this this isn't this isn't the finals Batman would want. I could, you know, from a standpoint like that. But don't they? They already have the TV contracts and shit. Again, I don't understand what the fuck he would care for. Why do you act like Batman cares? I don't. Well, yeah. Did you ever see that interview where he said he doesn't want a Canadian team in the final? Oh, what interview is that? Well, I just, it's somebody, I saw it on the internet. Oh, well, okay. So no one's actually, is there like a, a clip of this, of him saying this or no? Or it's just some buffoon wrote that and it's like, well, it must be true because, oh, you know, fucking House of Hockey said it or something, you know, like, oh, just, yeah. 
morons. Ah. Oh, and then injuries. That was the other one. Somebody had put up, uh, they said, oh, so-and-so took 75 stitches and he came back and played. And meanwhile, I was watching the baseball game and some one of the guys from the baseball, from the Mets or something, just left with a groin pull. Baseball player, I like baseball, but they're such pussies. It's like, no one's playing a professional sport with a groin pull. I, I hate to break it to you. Baseball, hockey, or, and you know. No, they're not. So, oh, okay. Um, you know, and, yeah. I always laugh at these people that call these athletes that get hurt, pussies, and all this stuff. Yet, you're the same guy that phones in sick for three days with an upset stomach and the sniffles. Yeah. But meanwhile, Buddy here, who's playing through, uh, you know, stitches in his face and bruised ribs or whatever. And then he, or the, the groin pull, he takes time off. Yeah, what a pussy. Yeah, okay. You know. Meanwhile, you know, we go and uh, do some yard work for the first time. I'll, I'll, you know, we get out and do yard work, and then the, the next day we can barely get off the couch, you know, and don't do anything all day. Got friggin' A535 all over our bodies. But, yeah, but the professional athlete with the groin pull who's not battling through is just the biggest pussy on the face of the earth. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There's so many moving parts. Like, like I get it in baseball. It's like, yet, like the one guy's like, oh, I know, and the pitchers, yeah, they miss games because of blisters. Can you? How embarrassing! You do realize? Well, uh, clearly you don't. The the uh, yeah, the friction on your fingers with with throwing a 95 mile an hour fastball. You can't do it with blisters on your fingers. You moron like just you can't do it you can't grip it properly you know i i just like oh i imagine if you had a blister on your finger you could battle through the company slow pitch game oh what a warrior you are you can't but you can't believe that the brave starter couldn't do it like yeah because that's the same thing it's like oh like again you know or if if, if you have a sprained finger or whatever it's like, I can't bat because I can't grip the bat properly. Again, I'm trying to hit a 95-mile-an-hour fastball. You know, not Gladys throwing underhand to me in the co-ed slow-pitch game on Wednesday night. You know, it's a little different. You know, figure it out. That and you... do you, Now, if the pitcher had a blister and could pitch, do you think he'd want anybody... He couldn't... Do you think he doesn't want to pitch? No, I want the world to know that I can't pitch because I have blisters. Yeah, I'm sure that they'd love that. They're probably telling them to say anything else. Tell them I, you know, anything. But, uh, you know, but so because now I got Facebook hero here, you know, calling me a pussy and all this because I'm not pitching through blisters. Because, yeah, because he, gri- he doesn't quite grasp the concept of, you know, what actually goes on with elite level athletes. Like, okay, hero. Well, hockey players play through it. Yeah, because that's completely the same thing. If you have a blister on your finger, yeah, you can play hockey. You know, you can skate, you can still hit people, you can still block shots, you can play defense. Like, you are you not seeing, again, uh, hockey's the bestest. Yeah, okay. We, we get it. Your, your hockey is life. I, I get it, bro. Oh, God. Yeah. They're all pussies. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And to the one goof that liked... Uh, it, it, I posted a picture of Steos. It's just a funny picture of Bugard looking at Steos. And Steve Steos has this look on his face like he saw like he saw the boogeyman. And I kind of put all... I put some... Oh, Steve Steos making a business decision or something like that. And I just put it up on Facebook for a little joke. You know, a couple people are commenting and whatever. And the one guy comments, grammar. That's how he puts it, grammar. Okay, thanks there, Captain Sirius. First of all, I spe- I didn't spell anything wrong in the in the post. So I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. But if you're the guy that's correcting grammar on social media, you're a fucking loser, all right? Again, it's these trolls that just love to come out of the woodwork and flap their lips about nothing. You don't follow me. Like, you're, we're not friends on Facebook, so it's like, 
go away, you clown. Like, I don't, you know. Why, why? Who, who does this? D- does anybody listening in the listening audience right now, when you go on Twitter, on Facebook, has your, now, if someone writes in like computer ease and like it's, you know, symbols and hieroglyphics and it looks like something off Roswell, from Roswell, okay, spelling, question mark, what is this? Is this even English? I get that part, but I mean, other than, I, other than that, who writes grammar on social media? I don't know. This is a real fun episode tonight. You're really tuned into a gem tonight. This is what I'm rambling about. But I was just like, I saw that this morning when I'm checking my notifications. And I'm like, what is grammar? And I, I, I literally like reread my post like nine times. I'm like, what's spelt wrong? I'm like, there's nothing spelt. What is this guy talking about? Like, just donkey show. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Let's face it, with coffee starting at five bucks, yes, even without the customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we're officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently, solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is critical for getting the highest quality at the best price. And one dupe you definitely shouldn't sleep on, Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, without breaking the bank. Everywhere you turn, people have earbuds in, and they're always talking about, oh, I lost this one, I lost that one, you wouldn't believe how much it cost me. Well, Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of the other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer a buy-now, pay-later options. Right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. They have easy and free return guarantee. They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a couple bucks. They offer free domestic shipping and flat-fee international shipping. They have over 50,000 five-star reviews. That's right, guys. Eight hours of playtime on these things. And they actually, with the gel tips, they actually fit into most ears. I know I always have difficulty with that. And they fit into mine perfectly. Um, and the sound, tremendous. So right now, go buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Anyway, well, we should probably uh, get into this list, shall we? Um, as I said, it, it's from uh, 9192. And um, I don't want to say too loud that I have a list. I don't want to tell Tim I have a list. because, Well, I guess it's a list, but... Kind of. But um, <laughs> to go back uh, to what I was saying earlier, uh, I, w- I want to thank, uh, it's great that Rob uh, saved these message board um, from the hockeyfights.com message board. Um, I got to, here, I'm going to look this up. What uh, Blast from the Past, Old Forms Annual Top 10 Lists. Um, I'm going to get to the bottom of this. Folks, from who this is, um, uh, they were started by a poster Merlin around 0203. Site members voted on them each year. Uh, we actually added a few of the later seasons as well. Ran out of room on the main page and had to add that later. I want to say we did from 10, 2010, 11 to 14. Merlin had given up handling by then. I tabulated the fact that. No year in awards, no top ten. Remember when forms were a treasure trove of info. Yeah, this is what Steve's just talking about, the hockeyfights.com, when they um, decided to take down the message boards. At, at the time, I was in their ear, and I, I told them numerous times to not get rid of the message board, but they decided to anyway, because they don't give a shit. So, uh, I cannot believe they just shut it down like that. I, I copied all I could before it went down. Um... Yeah, so it was, um, the best thing about Merlin is this was Merlin himself. He disagreed with the placement of a certain guy and made a compelling case he would adjust the rankings. I absolutely love those debates. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, there's um, there's a really good uh, lineage of heavyweight champion in top 10 list, 75 to 09, hockeyfights.com form. Um, yeah, so this is where I got the list from in terms of... Uh, uh, what I'm, what are we going to be looking at today? And, uh, and like I said, they're, well, like they just said 79 on. Uh, so I think, uh, you know, as the, uh, as the weeks and months drone on here and they will, um, we'll, we'll have a look at each of the years. I'm going to have some folks on and we'll, we'll break it down. And, uh, like I just sort of saw this the other day and I really liked, um, you know, I always enjoy, obviously enjoy the list and everything else. And, um, yeah, and so I think it'll be cool to go back and and uh, and look at these lists. Um, I'd like to have, obviously, in the future when I have more time, um, you know, I'll con- we'll, I'll, I'll maybe I'll get a guest on. We can concentrate on a, a, a different season or two, and uh, and you know, and and really break it down and talk about like each guy's fight card and 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 so forth. Um, tonight, I'm just kind of giving you a little um, a little tease, as they say, but. Also, with the addition of, like I said, the aggressive hockey report, uh, the newsletter that was uh, out at the time, and uh, they did a, as I said at the start, in the intro, a reader's top ten. So, and this is really interesting because at the time, um, well, it's not. I can't say, look, oh, I'm discovering the list with you because now I got the list obviously in front of me already. But it's interesting because there's quite a there's there's some discrepancies. Um, of course, with um, the aggressive hockey list, that's in real time. That list is being made. And it was probably through, um, maybe some guys seeing all the fights, some guys not, and they're sort of just, uh, you know, pro- I mean, and every ranking at that point is probably going to have some sort of, not with everybody, but with a lot of guys, favoritism even to this day there's going to be favoritism and homers and whatever fanboys but overall with the aggressive hockey report they didn't have the benefit of well oh, i don't quite remember that i'm going to go up on youtube and check like there was no there was no internet right so they couldn't go to youtube and look up all the fights and oh, i just want to double check you know gino's card from this year and oh yeah, 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 yeah okay and whatever um, if you didn't have the footage back then and a v- if you hadn't bought the VHS tape or made some trades, um, you didn't really know. And a lot of the trades, um, kind of happened in the summer because guys would obviously record all year. And then in the summer into fall would make their trades and whatever. Um, I mean, I'm sure there were guys trading, you know, mid season of course too, but uh, more often than not, it was sort of the end of the year. Oh, I put together a tape and it was in your region and guys would trade amongst themselves. So a lot of the voting, I think in the aggressive hockey report was either, um, you know, you're just going by what you saw on news footage. Um, maybe, you know, if you lived in the area, if you were in an NHL town, you probably saw some stuff. And if you got one of the earlier tapes in the year, so the fights were maybe in the earlier part of the season, uh, okay. But overall, you're just kind of winging it for the most part. Whereas in this list, for the HockeyFights.com list, well, they have the they have the benefit of hindsight and also footage, and they can go back and review, you know, most of the fights from that year, decades later, and you know, with a different set of eyes and. And, and and look at things. So um, it's an, it's an interesting kind of contrast with the list. But I'll throw out the list here from the uh, aggressive hockey report. Um, well, we'll just go one through ten. Probert number one, then Dave Brown, then Barubi, Koser, uh, Link Gates, Baumgartner, Darren Kimball, Ty Domi, Jim McKenzie, and Gino Ojic. Those are the top 10 uh, voted on by the Aggressive Hockey Report folks. Now, when I go to the hockeyfights.com uh, 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 list, we have Probert number one, Brown number two, so that's staying the same. But then they got Ty Domi number three, whereas Domi was number eight on the other list. Uh, then at number four, they have Ojik, who was 10th on the Aggressive list. Uh, number five, and this one kind of caught me by Sean Cronin. They have Cronin at five, uh, Coaster at six, Barubi at seven. Again, he, Barubi was three on this list. 
uh, Link Gates at eight, Bomber at nine, and Jim McKenzie at ten. So quite a um, you know kind of uh, from the bottom up, the flip flopped here. Um, and the one thing I do like about this list on the HockeyFights.com, they kind of have little stars. It's like notable fights. So from 91-92, of course, notable fights. Uh, upstart Ty Domi mocks Probert by doing a championship belt routine after eking out a dramatic victory um, in Domi-Probert 1. Um, actually, I don't think Domi won the first one, but nonetheless, I get what you're saying. Uh, Dave Brown puts a beating on John Cordick. Dave Brown breaks Ken Baumgartner's orbital bone. Uh, Sean Cronin drops Dave Brown for the second time in three years. Uh, Ty Domi knocks down Gino Ojek for his only loss in 32 fights. Um, I had to actually go look. The, when I first read it, I was like, Ojek had that many fights? I had to go look at his card, and he did. Um, the famous Bob Probert Link Gates fight that ends in a draw, that was a tremendous battle. Uh, a great fight between Tony Twist and Jim McKenzie, which which ends in a McKenzie TKO. Um, yeah, those early 90s fights with McKenzie and Twist. McKenzie really had uh, Tony's number in those um, but yeah, that, that is one of the guys, um, Sean Cronin, I, I think, um, it, it, and I'm, and I'm guilty of it as well. It really, um, gets slept on, you know, um, and I mean, and that's, you know, as I kind of look at, you know, Cronin's, uh, car, he had 30 some fights that year, um. You know, he had the thing there with Probert when neither of them would drop their glove. Remember that when they each wouldn't drop their gloves and whatever. And um, he had a nice, uh, nice little battle with Grimson. Um, of course, the the Dave Brown fight. Um, he, you know, he actually did. Uh, he did actually have some fairly, uh, you know, pretty solid battles against Dave Brown um, throughout his career in the NHL, as brief as it may be. Um. I, what I have, again, I, this was voted on, what have you. I don't know. What I have, Sean Cronin, just kind of looking at his card and in my mind, again, do I have 91, 92 isolated? No. I didn't, obviously didn't do that much digging ahead of time for this, uh, episode. I've, um, from what I can remember from Cronin and stuff like that, I have a really hard time putting him that high on the list. Um, but of course, then again, it becomes then, well, who would you put in there? I don't know, um, pardon me, um, you know, I, I, I think of just, um, like, like a Marty McSorley or, or, you know, a, a Churla or something like that. I, I just have a hard time, um, you know, putting, uh, you know, Cronin in, in front of him, you know, uh, well, I, you know, uh, well, again, here, well, this is my lack of preparation. I'm debating with myself on the air, but now that I'm kind of looking at Marty's 91-92 card, eh, you know, um, Hunter Cronin, Ojik, Basil, the, kind of the nothing fight with Probert, McKay, Van Dort, Nyland, yeah, Buckbert. Yeah, so, I mean, Marty, actually, 91-92, Marty had a pretty fairly, or had a fairly, kind of non-eventful uh, year fight-wise that year. Um, you know, not knocking Marty at all. I mean, Marty was, you know, tremendous and one of my all-timers. But 91-92, eh, you know. Um, they have Ojik ranked really high. Like I said, I I didn't realize Gino had that many fights. Um, you know, um, yeah, Grimson, Byron, Hunter, um yeah, the only with Domi kind of catching him there. Um, TKO wins over Kostelik and Mike Hartman. Brent Thompson, Caulfield, Hartman, Jennings. I don't know, Chikrin. couple draws against Marty. I don't know. I just... I don't know what it is. I... I and, and maybe that... I can't... I'd have to go back and, and look through his card. I mean, as a... I think it, his first year, ninety ninety one, when he first came up, and he had all those fights with Dave Brown and stuff. Um, like I think he fought Brown four or five times and Twist a couple times. Um, yeah, 
I, I like that season a little more. Um, but again, here I am getting hung up on the, on his career when it's, we're talking about a certain season. Um, yeah, Domi and then Coza Berube, Link Gates. I, Link Gates, I know had a really strong, cause that was Link's, I, I, I always, the thing with Link is I think, again, a lot of people think, uh, Link played all these years and whatever. This was only, he only had the one full season in the NHL and this was it with San Jose. And, uh, you know, and from a rookie standpoint, it was a real solid rookie campaign. Um, I think, I think obviously the, the shining light of the season fight wise for him was obviously the Probert fight in the Cow Palace. They beat the shit out of each other. And that was probably the fight of the year that year. And, and I think that really showed, cause that's a prime Probert. And I think that really showed what Link could do, uh, or had the potential. Well, it wasn't the potential. He did it, but. You, you could see like whatever you want to call it. Oh, future heavyweight champ potential in him when he could, uh, you know, could go to with Probert like that. And, uh, you know, and unfortunately, I mean, that story has been, the Link Gates story has been documented to death. So, I mean, we, you know, we don't need to go over that here. But yeah, again, Brown has a real strong season. Um, I remember the fight with Cordic is when Cordic was with Quebec. And uh, yeah, Cordic's kind of getting into it. Dan Cordic was playing for Philadelphia, his brother. And John's kind of like, not that he's challenging Dan to a fight, but they kind of bump at each other and kind of having some, you know, they're talking and then, you know, Brown gets in there and whatever, but, uh, it's kind of, kind of that, this awkward kind of thing, but, um, you know, I, I know Cordic in Quebec at that point was sort of, you know, kind of a shell of himself, but, uh, but nonetheless, but yeah, the, Breaking Brommer's orbital bone, that was a big, that's a big feather in the cap for sure. Um, yeah, well, like I said, it, it was just interesting how the list went, um, you know, uh, you know, with the aggressive hockey board having Kimball in there and then like not even in the top 10 with the, and the other one and, uh, you know, and, and Coser, you know, being ranked up, they was kind of even where they were and, um, well, the one having Baruby down, um, you know, at seven, where on the other list he was third. Um, that was that year, that, that Toronto, Calgary, Baruby year. Um, yeah, overall though, just kind of just scrolling the list in general. Oh man, I love the nineties. Just kind of, you scroll in the nineties and it was just like, man, that was in my prime fight day watching goon draft having, uh, you know, you just look at the, you know, Sandy, Peruby, Ojek, Bomber, McSorley, Simon, Twist, you know, Churla, uh, just Grimson, Brashear, McKenzie, you know, obviously Probert, Ray. Uh, I'm just kind of just scrolling through lists, the 90s here. Then you get, you know, the tail end, look at LaRock, Brashear, Laws, Karen's Warrell coming in. I mean, Oliwa, War, you know, Ray. Just tremendous. Just, you know, I'm, he's not on any of these lists, but Langdon, you know, Bill Heward, um, yeah, what a, man, what are you, Peluso, just, yeah, I don't know, to me that's, as a fight fan, I think that's the, the, the greatest era ever for me anyway, well, of course that's, that's my, you know, high school, years um so you know but i think i think just looking back at the overall volume of fights the amount of guys that were in the league etc i think you know i think you got to go with the 90s that was sort of the prime time and you know every team had two and three guys minor league systems every team had a couple guys i mean you had the american league the ihl was still cruising along at the time i mean it was just uh it was, it was just great. I mean, it was a great time to be a fight fan. And, um, yeah. Can't beat it. All right. I don't know how, how dramatic that, that, that list was, but, uh, there we go. I thought I would share it. Um, you know, as I said, go, going forward, I think, uh, I'll revisit that list again, the hockeyfights.com one. And, uh, you know, um, but with a little more, you know, we'll look at the fight cards of each of the guys and maybe review some of the fights, etc. Um, but no, really cool piece. And I, and I, uh, and that's great that, uh, you guys saved that. Um, 
like I said, it's all, it's always a shame when, um, when history gets erased, um, in terms of, uh, that, that was really, uh, that was a real letdown when the, when hockey fights, uh, got rid of the message boards. And of course then with drop your gloves going away and, and, you know, and fried chicken earlier than that going away. Um, yeah, a lot of, uh, a lot of, I would say a lot of fight history was gone and there was lots of great information. And, uh, the fact that some folks, uh, saved some of that stuff, tremendous. Good work, boys. Um, you know, I mean, I'm sure some folks out there listening are like, who gives a shit? But for us fight geeks, yeah, it's uh, it was some cool stuff. But uh, speaking of cool stuff, uh, one last thing. Uh, we're at the 40-minute mark here. I'm kind of cruising along. And now, here's a word from our sponsor. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs at DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Yeah, guys, I mean, Edmonton, odds on favorite right now at the DraftKings Sportsbook, plus 425 to win the cup. They have a lot of player props. Who's going to lead this ser- each series in scoring? Austin Matthews, McDavid, check it out. All the player props are there for the series as well as games, in-game action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can make $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets Instantly, that's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. One of the topics that actually just came up here uh, that uh, John had started uh, in the Hockey Fights and Brawls page was biggest upset victory slash loss ever in a fight. And uh, it's actually got 120 some comments already. Um, so let's actually let's scroll down and let's see what the what the members are saying, and we'll we'll you know let's uh, discuss some of this stuff. Um, uh, Danny Gare over Clark Gillies, uh, Grant Marshall over Ty Domi. Um, yeah, that was a uh, I think uh, I think it was a Corson dropping Domi. That's a, there's another one. Um, not that Grant Marshall and Shane Corson weren't tough guys, but. It, it, yeah, definitely a little surprised with Domi for sure. Um, Todd, you and KOing Probert. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I guess because Probert at the time, even this still pretty early in his career though, but you know, he had been cruising along, hadn't really been caught like that before. And especially when it's like a one punch and you're like, who, like, Todd Ewan? Because, uh, you know, Ewan being a rookie up with St. Louis. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I just thought top of my head, Belak, Kaylin, Brashear, Tamer dropping Probert, and of course, Justin Johnson dropping Just, uh, J- uh, John Scott. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I guess the, the surprise with, with the Belak, Brashear thing is, of course, just, it just never really happened to Brashear. He had fought all those fights and never really been dropped or anything like that. So, I mean, in that sense, it wasn't so much that Belak did it to him because, I mean, Belak's a tough dude and, you know, certainly had the uh, capability of, of doing so. So it wasn't. But, yeah, I think it was just the shock of Brashear going for so long without losing like that or or getting dropped, put it that way. Um, so, yeah, I, I get where you're coming from. Tamer with Probert for sure. Again, that that whole sequence with the whole Tamer Probert thing is sort of weird because it's like Probert kind of starts the fight and then looks completely disinterested while the fight's going on, you know. And like they're up against the boards, the Tamer's trying to throw shots, and Probert almost was like looking away and just kind of disinterested and like, and and then he kind of gets caught. And I don't know if he just got caught, and just kind of went down, or if he legitimately got. Like got buckled. It didn't look good. I mean, I mean, it was looked good for Tamer, but it's just like, I don't. Yeah, it was just kind of. I'm like, you just kind of wonder what Probert was doing. I don't know. And then Justin Johnson dropping Scott. I mean, Justin Johnson had had many battles in the minors and was certainly a minor league, no one minor league tough guy. Um, maybe the shock being that John Scott's just so big, and I think anytime like a big man, like you know, big tree fall hard, right? You know. Um, I've said it on this show before, and I, and I don't mean it in like, I mean the guy did the the job and everything else. I, I don't mean this in a disrespectful way, and I'm not trying to be that guy and you know couch jockey over here or anything like that. Um, in terms of just overall, I don't. In my this is my opinion. Um, I always kind of thought John Scott was kind of overrated. Um, like big guy did well in his fights. Um, Again, I think the area, obviously the era he played in, it's not, it's not his fault, but I think the era he's, is a little 
you know, it's starting to filter out, getting a little soft. At the, like, there's still tough guys around, but you know what I'm saying. It wasn't like, I'm, I'm rattling, like, just a couple minutes ago when I'm rattling off the names from the night. It, it wasn't the 90s, we'll put it that way. Um, there were still tough guys around, without a doubt, McGrath and then all the boys. I mean, I'm not knocking them. Um, you know, and John, I'm not, well, John Scott couldn't have hang in the 90s. I'm not saying that or anything stupid like that. I'm just saying in terms of just overall numbers and guys that were around like the animals in the jungle were a little less um starting to get a little extinct um and and saying that i think in my opinion john scott's fight card and i'm I'm, i've had a couple guys that i've talked to some ex-players and stuff that were familiar with the situation and whatever i'm not going to throw out names whatever but um they they always said Scott was a spot picker. Um, looking at his card, tend to agree. Um, at the same time, it does take two to fight. So, you know, maybe he asked and they said no, that kind of shit. So I'm not putting that all on Scott either, but it's kind of, you know. But um, actually, I guess the point I'm making is um, Justin Johnson had... I mean, probably the better fight card than John Scott did, to be completely honest. Um, I shouldn't say that because Scott wasn't the NHL fighting NHL guys, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, um, I think it was just the surprise of it's a call up. It's his first game. He's a minor league air quote. Nobody. I mean, us in the fight game knew who he was because, you know, you follow the minors. I'm sure people that live in the NHL bubble had no clue who Justin Johnson was and, it's like, oh, he dropped, who is this guy dropping John Scott? Meanwhile, you know, J- Johnson's been putting up, you know, 25 fights in the American League fighting killers for the last few years. So it's not like, you know, who? So, but uh, I get where this guy's going anyway. That was a long rambling answer about nothing, but uh, Manny Maholtra dropping Danico. Yes. Raglan dropping Koser. Yep. Another good one. Um Pot Van over Hextall. Yeah, that was always, that one always kind of struck me funny because Hextall always had this massive rep amongst people that he was some killer and everything else. And then old Felix the cat busts him up. Um, that was one thing with Hextall. Um, not that I've ever investigated it much, but I, I mean, obviously he swung a stick a lot and went through his blocker around and was dirty like that. I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think that what big fights did Hextall have to earn him the rep that he was some huge killer fighter, but whatever. I think, uh, Potvan sort of silenced that one. Um, Bergeron KO'd Georges, who thought that he could drop. I mean, clearly, uh, this is from a French cap, uh, where English is a second language, but I, you know. Bergeron versus Josh Georges. I don't know if that's a that's exactly task or send level, but okay. Uh, Datsuk and Perry. Uh, yeah, again. Uh, Kimball TK TK over Crowder. Um, I I don't know. I mean, is it though? I mean, I. The whole Crowder thing, again, it's like, I, I've said this, he, he was a one-season guy, and if you really want to break it down, he was a four-fight guy. Like, other than his fights with Probert and the and the one punch of Chikrin, which was vicious, like I said, you, what fights did he have that were like, oh, this is the man, you know, well, and I guess Cox, yeah. So, the, so Cox, what do I say, Cox, Chikrin. And then Probert won. And then the one, and then the rematch with, you know, so like, yeah, four or five fights in a year. And everybody talks like Troy Crowder is somehow like we're, we're deeming him like, like top 25 of all time or something. It's like literally the guy was good for like a couple months. And, you know, again, I'm mean, it's not a disrespect to Troy Crowder, but I mean, them's the facts. I mean, how many, he, he didn't play that many NHL seasons. He got hurt, unfortunately. Um, you know, it had the up and down run. His heart really wasn't in it. Retired, came back, whatever. But I mean, really, in terms of his NHL fight, I mean, oh, you know, he had Barubian and Horacek and all that. Well, those were, those fights were kind of, eh, you know, whatever. Fight with Jay Miller. Okay. I mean, it wasn't like these are some award-winning, like, stick-in-your-mind fights. 
So, and I mean, and Kimball had dropped Dave Brown. Kimball had been around, had some great fights with Quebec already. Toe-to-toe guy, bust up, uh, you know, LaForge and had big wins. So it's like, I mean, I knew who Darren Kimball was way more than I knew who Troy Crowder was. So it's like, I mean, I get it from the standpoint that Crowder was on the big run and people were making, you know, that he was the big hype, right? Because of the whole Probert fight thing. I mean, I get it. And then they're one punch of chicken, which is brutal and all that. But I don't know. I've, I've never gotten the hype around Troy Crowder. Um, again, I'm not saying he wasn't a tough guy. Obviously, if he had stayed healthy and whatever and his, you know, and his head was in it. Yeah, he could have been, you know, a real dominant guy because he had the size, the punching power and everything. Um, you know, for sure. No doubt about it. But at the end of the day, you know, the, when you lay out the facts and, and break down his actual fights that he had. Yeah, I mean, he, you know, he was great for about six fights in his career. And so, Kimball TKOing him, I mean, that kind of put a damper on the Probert rematch a little bit. But at the same time, it was like, I don't know, I mean, put it this way. I wasn't surprised by it. We'll put it that way. Um, but anyway. Um, old Nick, what does he type in? How about uh, Mike Milbury getting the nod over WHA heavyweight champ Jack Carlson? I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw that. Um Bobby Smith dropping Brad Park with one punch. Scott Stevens beating Jay Miller. That's on my YouTube channel if you want to check that out. Uh, I know Hal Gill wasn't a scrapper, but Rick Rippin and him scrapping was awesome. He had almost a foot on Ripper, and, and Rick got the decision. Yes, Rick did get the decision. Hal Gill couldn't fight his way over a wet paper bag, though. Um, more Nick. Uh, at the time, Tim Hunter beating Semenko was at the time quite a shock. Melnick over Brown. Ben Wilson over Hillworth. At the time, Hillworth was a wrecking machine. O'Reilly over Holmgren. Kite TKO was Brown. Actually, uh, where does Nick talks about um, John Hillworth? Um, I get, I need to get Nick on the show. Um, he um, he he grew up in Windsor. Uh, actually, with the Proberts, he's he was friends with Bob and Norm, his brother, and. Uh, yeah, I'm going to get Nick on here, and uh, hopefully, I talked to him, like, last year, the year before, about coming on, and we, I talked to him on the phone for a long time, he has some really cool stories, I really want to get him on, but he's a really good, great poster on Facebook, but he, uh, he talks about Hillworth here, um, because of where we were, Windsor, right next to Detroit, Hillworth seemed like a monster, busting faces, brutal KOs, everyone sees the YouTube fight, uh, against Ben Wilson, and that's how they remember Hillworth, but the guy was the Ernie Shavers, Brutally KO'd Jack Mack, uh, dropping Plett, bloodying Secord's nose, splitting Hutchison's forehead with a couple quick lefts, crushing, uh, yeah, Clayton Pashaw's face. Uh, he got jumped by Jonathan, but nothing really happened. And in 1980, I had only seen Wilson fight Tiger at that point. Then on top of that, our Homer Red Wings fans told me it wasn't much. When I asked him the next day, he was at, when he was at the game. But a girl in my high school class, her dad was the equipment manager on the wings, and he said Hillworth was destroyed. Uh, I finally got to see the fight in 81, and I think, and I think, and I was shocked. Uh, note, I found out years later that Hillworth knocked out Tiger Williams in a preseason game in 79. He only had eight or nine NHL fights, six and two with four KOs. Can you imagine if this guy had a hundred career fights? My God. Um, yeah, so. You see, it's just these little nuggets, right? That guy, that that uh, you know, guys throw out and stuff. Um, so yeah, there you go. A little uh, John Hillworth, uh, some news for you from Nick. Um, and then somebody chimed in. Yeah, I watched Hillworth play in junior. He was a beast. Um, he told me he had a barn burner of a battle with fellow WHL giant Paul Mulvey. Would love to see that one. Um, great info. I wish there was more footage on Hillworth. Uh, yes, absolutely. Gotta keep, uh, Stan Jonathan beating up Pierre Bouchard, Chris Simon over Luke, uh, Louis DeBrusque, um, oh yeah, LaRue TK over Roy Twist, I always, oh yeah, the old Roy Twist, uh-huh, Morissette putting Probert to sleep, well, I love the, uh, he, he put Probert to sleep, uh, he dropped Probert, I mean, Probert got up though, although to, uh, Bob Probert on, uh, TSN on the Off the Record show, uh, he did say Morissette. That was the hardest he was ever hit was by Morissette. Um, Bob Kelly of the Flyers beating Ted Harris of the North Stars in 72. Uh, Domi over Probert. Yeah. Um, 
Kimball over Crowder. I don't know what England TK over Probert. I don't know England. What are you talking about? All right. Um, Crowder over Probert round one. Again, yeah, I mean, because Crowder's just the unknown, right? So, yeah, I get that one. Howe and Fontenato. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Semin bitch slapping Mark Stahl. All right. Um, Ken Belanger over Probert. I mean, I don't know. I mean, Belanger was an up and comer and he did have a huge rep. Um, Probert by that point was, you know, long in the tooth and was pretty much done. So I don't know. I mean, maybe from a fan standpoint, if you're a Probert fan, you were upset by it. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it was just, uh, you know, it was just one guy, you know, at the end of the line and another, and a, and a, and a top guy, not a top guy, but, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it, a top prospect, uh, coming along. So, um, Marchman edging Domi, uh, Dave Maley pounding buyers, Colton Orr punching out the lights of George Peros. Well, I don't really know if that's really an upset. Um, Cam Russell dropping Kimball, Grant Jennings, TKO Probert. Yeah, I mean, uh, somebody, Buster Douglas. Yeah, Buster Douglas for sure. You know, I, I was watching a documentary, completely off topic, but I was watching a documentary the other night, and um, it was just about pro, just boxing upsets and whatever, and they, of course they had the Douglas Tyson fight on there naturally, and uh, I think they had said, the because it was a warm-up, it was supposed to be a warm-up fight for Tyson, um, I think they said there was like two Vegas casinos that had odds up and they were like, so like, were like sh- such like Buster Douglas was such, was such a massive underdog that most of the casinos didn't even bother putting the fight up to bet on. They're just like, ah, oh, yeah, whatever. Yeah. Could you imagine if you had, had just, if you're just like, ah, I'm going to throw, I'm going to throw 20 on this Buster guy, you know, cause I'm sure his odds are probably a hundred to one, you know, so you know, pick up a quick two grand if you're there. But, um, yeah, I mean, anyway, that's, uh, there, there we are with the, uh, uh, in terms of, uh, upsets, uh, right now, uh, in, in that thread, like I said, it was just, uh, they just started, um, uh, the thread here the, tonight. So I, I just, I like the, the concept of it, upset losses and stuff, but, um, yeah, guys, I mean, well, there you go. I still managed to talk for an hour. Oh, they're shocking. Um, I don't really know what I talked about today. I was sort of all over the place. I just basically wanted to bring you guys some content, something for you to, you know, uh, I've been told that uh, people listen to it on their commute or, you know, whether uh, they're on the treadmill or sitting in their, uh, sitting at work. So, you know, I, I guess a little hockey fight babbling is still hockey fight babbling, right? So, um, you know, I, I was... You know, I, I will be the first to say, was this my best episode of all time? And no, it was not. But uh, I did want to I did want to produce something for you. So um, as I always say, guys, the fact that uh, that you're here listening um, is I greatly appreciate it. There are there are I know there are hundreds and hundreds of shows to listen to. Um, the fact that you chose to listen to this one, I uh, thank you. Um and again, I encourage anybody out there, please check out my back catalog. You know, we're at 304 episodes, so a lot of player interviews. Uh, Morasti, McIntyre, Brad Wingfeld. Wingfeld interviews, crazy. Uh, Joey Tedarenko, Steve Parsons, Paul Ferrone, uh, on and on. Uh, Roman Volpat, he tells some funny stories. Um, Clark Wilm, you know, uh, Chris McAllister, Jeff Rogers, on and on. So please, uh Please, uh, I I, uh, I recommend doing that. Uh, download, don't stream, please. And uh, the only other thing I ask, and not only for myself, but for the other uh, content creators out there, um, whatever platform you happen to be listening to this show on, whether it be iTunes, Spotify, what have you, uh, could you rate my show, please? That helps me out in the searches. And uh, if you're on the YouTubes, Fourth Line Voice on YouTube, I have over 2,000 fight videos on there. Um, subscribe to the channel, please. And, uh, that way, uh, you know, you, whenever something new comes on there, you'll be notified. And, uh, if you happen to be watching a fight video and you like it, just hit the thumbs up button if you could. 
And again, not just for myself, but for like, I know everyone's on YouTube all the time. If you happen to watch a video and you like it, just a real quick, just move your mouse or you're probably watching it on your phone. Just hit the little thumbs up button at the bottom of the screen. That's all you got to do while the fight, while you're watching the video, just hit it and say, yeah, this is some good shit and hit the like button. Um, it might not seem like a big deal, but YouTube loves that shit and it helps in the algorithms and, uh, it helps the channel and it'll help the channel grow. It really will. So. You'll be helping out the creator by doing so. It's the little things that you guys can do um, that helps out content creators. And, um, you know, and in terms of myself, you know, uh, I'd like to always say I don't ask for much. Uh, but if you could, like I said, rate, thumbs up, that's it. That's all I'm asking. You guys could do that. That'd be really cool. It really helped me out. And, uh, yeah, hey, and if you're looking for earbuds, Raycon, 15% off. Use the pro- promo code THPN. Got some really actually positive feedback from people that have actually used the promo code and uh and got some head he- headphones uh one guy got headphones the other one got earbuds and uh um my brother has earbuds and he he's he really likes them as well so yeah they um yeah so the the reviews that i've gotten from people i'm not just saying this i mean i, I have nothing to gain from saying this but yeah i mean and and it's um i mean they're they're a cheaper price and uh and like i said 15 percent is 15 percent you know we're all trying to save money now the, these days and uh you know, why not uh, look into it? It's a sponsor of the show. And uh, THPN is the promo code Raycon and uh, 15% off. And uh, not only would you be getting, you're saving some cash, you're getting some good product. You're also helping out the podcast. So there you go. Yeah, triple, triple, triple threat. Uh, <laughs> anyway, enough of the home shopping network here. I sound like, um, what is it? Vince from Slapshot. You'll love my nuts. But um and on that note, let's just, let's, let's put this, let's put this uh, episode out of its misery. But, uh, thanks guys for tuning in and, uh, we'll talk to you guys on Sunday. Hope everybody has a good, good week and let's, uh, let's get into the long weekend. Thanks guys. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was on?